Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the almost famous Tiny Stage Hour here on 95.9 WATD. Brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass. My name is John Shea. We introduce you to independent bands and musicians every Tuesday night from 8 to 10 from across New England. And tonight we are being joined on our Tiny Stage by Kimon Kirk. How are you doing tonight, my friend? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. So for those who might not be familiar with you, give us an introduction. Well, let's see. Uh, I grew up in the Boston area, but I, I live in Los Angeles now. And I guess for the better part of the last 15 years, I've made a living as a bass player uh, foremost, but then started writing songs and um, producing records for people. And I just put out a new record of my own called Altitude, I think in February of this year. They got postponed uh, because of COVID a bit. So, um, Like everything else has. Like everything else, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So take us through your journey through the Boston music community. Yeah, well, the first people that I really met in Boston were David Champagne and Katie Champagne. Um, and David had been in a, a pretty groundbreaking band in the 80s in Boston called Treat Her Right, some of whose people then went on to become Morphine. And so David and Katie had a group called the Hay Goods, and I played bass with them for a while. Uh, And then I was um, part of a group uh, that I still work with um, on and off called Session Americana that has been around now for like 15 years. Let's see. um, Played with a lot of people in the Boston area, you know, from... Uh, Chandler Travis from The Incredible Casuals on Cape Cod and Sarah Borges and Dennis Brennan and uh, did some touring back in the in like 2007 I met Amy Mann um, and played bass with her a bunch and uh, and that's a relationship that continues to this day and um, I've worked with Laurie McKenna that I think people here know pretty well who's a, who's a local favorite yeah South Shore legend absolutely you're also an accomplished producer as well. You mentioned Dennis Brennan. We've had him here several years ago, and you produced one of his albums. Yeah, there's a way. record called Into This World, and that was um, that was a real well, it was a real labor of love uh, for me, and, and a, an honor to get to work with Dennis and his amazing band um, of Duke Levine and Kevin Barry and Billy Beard and Richard Gates. And um, I produced an album for Lyle Brewer. A uh, great guitar player who also plays in my band, The Meds, um, when we perform here. Let's see. Um, I'm actually working on, an, on a production right now with an artist from Lakeville, Mass., who also lives in Los Angeles, called Amy Correa. Um, I've heard that name. Yeah, she's really awesome. And um, Oh, produced a record for a guy named Steve Shook, who founded The Incredible Casuals um, on the Cape many, many moons ago, and other people, too. (laughs) Including your own album, Altitude. Including my own record, yeah. So talk about that album. Well, Altitude, it's the first time that I went into the studio kind of knowing that I was going to make a full record and being like, okay, I have all of the songs that I want to record and they're ready to go. I'd made two records prior to that and the, the last one being 10 years before and that was kind of like I started recording some songs and then I recorded some more and I was like oh I might be able to make a record but this time I wanted to go in and I did a Kickstarter campaign and I made sure to record it all with my band the same group of musicians that I've worked with for a number of years now and we recorded it almost all uh, with David Menahan of the Neighborhoods um, at his studio called Woolly Mammoth in Waltham. But it's a pretty personal record for me. 
Why the wait? Why the wait? Yeah, for 10 years. That's a good question. Um, I guess maybe because I was busy doing making records for other people a lot. And, um, and also, I don't know that I felt like I had the material that I wanted together yet until I was... Yeah, maybe around 2016, 17, I was like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm ready. I think I got it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's hear some music. What are we starting off the night with tonight? You know what? If it's okay with you, I'm going to start with a brand new song that I've only, uh, I really haven't played much at all. And uh, it's called Sad Alone Guy. And I just wrote it with Amy Mann uh, a couple couple months ago. So it's Cool. A- we have Kimon Kirk on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. All right. Dude, I had the weirdest dream last night Cause the beginning of the note I started to write to you But I held off because it didn't seem right To come on so strong without so much as a warning sign Or two I don't wanna be just me Sad alone guy I don't want to be The way I am I was stumbling around In a darkened room When I came upon a person That I have to assume I knew But when I turned on the light To get a better look It was our mutual friend And they were reading my favorite book to you I don't want to be just me anymore I don't want to be the sad alone guy I don't want to be the way I am but a dream's a dream and you The story goes Finding secret rooms That no blueprint shows Or just hopes and fears That you juxtapose Very nice. We have Kimon Kirk joining us tonight 
on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Talk about how you and Amy wrote that song. It's funny. It basically came together the way all of the songs that I have written with Amy uh, came together. And that is, I had a verse idea and I'd written a few verses and I thought just conceptually the song maybe had legs. But I didn't have a chorus, and every time I tried to write a chorus, I couldn't come up with an idea that I liked. And so she volunteered to take a look, as she generously has a couple times before, and um, she came over to my backyard in L.A. and listened to the idea, and basically within 10 or 15 minutes had the chorus done. And she was like, here's what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, her... Her craft is so refined, and um, she's so good at what she does that uh, it was a really enjoyable experience for me. And uh, and it's, it's the third song that we've written pretty much that way. And and every time it was, you know, she came up with an idea that I I never would have thought of, and she was like, I don't know how you feel about singing this, but I have a friend who always says, I don't want to be the sad alone guy. And she was like, So how's that for this idea? And I was like, You know, I think it fits with the the personality of the singer who's already been, you know, singing the verses. And I, I, I loved it. How, How do cool. you compose? How do I compose? When you're writing by yourself? I guess a bunch of different ways, but um, sometimes there'll be a line that comes into your head or, or a melody or a, sometimes there's an idea about a kind of a song uh, that, that I might want to write. Oftentimes it's just a phrase, actually. I don't know whether, whether you'll, you'll hear it somewhere or it'll pop into your brain and I also have been trying more over the last few years to be more regimented about, you know, getting up every day and writing in a journal and just whether it's songwriting or just kind of writing free prose or something like that. If I can get into that groove, that tends to trigger ideas. Usually a lyrical phrase, that that happens a lot for me. And then sometimes it might be just a riff or a a melody or lyrics are more challenging for me usually than, than music. Music seems to come more readily. For whatever reason. Very cool. What's your very first musical memory? Whoa. Um, it would probably be listening to um, Brahms' variations on a theme by Haydn, which is something that my, my dad would play for me often before I would go to bed, and sometimes he would sing it. My parents were both uh, classical flutists, and um, so it's probably a piece of music like that. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's uh, continue on with some of your music. What are we listening to next? Um, I think I think I'm going to do this song called Baby Who Knows that I also wrote with Amy. Um, man, a few years ago, that's on Altitude. And uh, yeah, let's hear it. Keep on Kirk, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. So let's assume you've ended up right where you want to be You sure surprised us by your choice Who would have thought that he could find the words to hold you sway With such an uncompelling voice Baby, who knows? Nobody knows. Maybe you knew and just forgot. Baby, who knows? 
Maybe you chose someone because of what they're not. Baby, who knows? Baby, who knows? Baby, who knows? We turned a blind eye to the things you didn't see in him. Hoping he would change what's wrong. You failed to mention your accepting mediocrity. Met your expectations all along. Baby, who knows? Nobody knows. Maybe you knew and just forgot. Baby, who knows? Maybe you chose someone because of what they're not. Baby, who knows? Baby, who knows? Baby, who knows? Still, it's a comfort to be near you in a smaller way. Those grapes turn sour long ago. Now that I realized the bar for you was set too high. So now it's come to where the roles have all but been reversed, and complication holds its ground. He's right for you, and yet you feel as though it's too rehearsed. But could your logic be unsound? Baby, who knows? Nobody knows. Maybe you knew and just forgot. Baby, who knows? Maybe you chose someone because of what they're not. Baby, who knows? 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 Baby. Really nice. Kimon Kirk live on the tiny stage tonight. 95.9 WATD. The album title, Altitude. Talk to us about that. Altitude came about because as I was kind of putting these songs together, I realized that a lot of them had to do with sort of themes uh, of being off the ground. And uh, some of them actually were literally kind of related to flying in planes. Some of them... 
I kind of had imagery of just there's a song called Trampoline um, that's about, you know, being off the ground and not being grounded maybe even, even in a kind of metaphysical or spiritual way or something like that. And so that just kind of felt like a through current. And when I was searching for what to call it, I, I, I decided I didn't want to call the record a title of one of the songs. So that was a parameter I, I put on myself. And I was like, I got to come up with a different title. And I was like, if I could come up with one word that sort of felt like it fit the, the vibe of the record, that would be, that would be good. So, I, so altitude is what, what showed up. I wanted it to feel like it, it sort of had a flow from start to finish, so that was important to me. Yeah, it's like it's one of those albums that has to be like listened to in its entirety rather than just individual select tracks. Hmm. Wow, cool. We have Kimon Kirk on the tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. We are up against our first break of this hour. We have more music to share, more to talk about as well. So stick around, 95.9 WATD. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Tiny Stage Hour of Almost Famous 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. Tonight we're being joined on the Tiny Stage by singer-songwriter Kimon Kirk. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for joining me tonight. This is great. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So for those who missed the first part of the show, give another introduction, if you would. Uh, sure. Well, I'm, uh, as you said, I, I sing and I write songs. And I'm also a touring bass player. And um, I also produce records for other people from time to time. So that's kind of the, the thumbnail snapshot. I love it. <laughs> How about your website? Any social media pages you want to throw out there? Yeah, the website is uh, kimonkirk.com. Um, Spell that for us if you would. Yeah, K-I-M-O-N-K-I-R-K.com, just my full name. I try to keep active enough on social media, so I have an Instagram uh, account and uh, a, a Facebook page. I'm still kind of grappling with the concept of having both a personal Facebook page and a musician sort of artist one. Have you made the jump to TikTok yet? I have not made the jump to TikTok. No. <laughs> Should I? I don't know. I'm still working on that. <laughs> I have an account. I just never use it. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Well, you're ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> and a new album that just dropped a few months ago. Yeah. A new record called Altitude. And um, yeah, this is actually, I, uh, unless I'm forgetting something, I think this is the first radio appointment I've had with it so far. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Glad to have the debut. <laughs> it's nice to be. It's good to be back here in, in Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're, you're on the West Coast now. What made you leave Massachusetts? Um, I moved Besides to, winter. Besides winter, <laughs> yeah. Well, truly. Um, I have been playing, among, among other things, one of the things that made me decide to do it uh, three and a half years ago is I've been playing bass um, with a great artist who's based in Los Angeles named Gabby Moreno. And... I had known her for many years, but sort of started touring with her more regularly, I think in about 2016. And I had lived in LA for about a year and a half in kind of 2008, 2009, 2010. And having worked with Amy Mann over the years, she's a, she's a good friend and she's out there and I have other musical acquaintances. And it just felt like it was time. Speaking of Amy, this album is loaded with collaborations. Talk about some of the uh, guest appearances. Yeah. Well, there are two songs that that Amy uh, helped me write, um, one called Baby Who Knows that she sings on and another one called Evergreen um, that she 
wrote some lyrics to, along with my friend Amy Correa, who's also a great songwriter. There's a song called um, Trampoline that I wrote with Sarah Borges. South Shore Girl? Yeah. Taunton, I think. Taunton native. Mm-hmm. And um, she sings on that, and she sings on another song called The Girl I Used to Know, which is a song that I wrote with my friend Dave Champagne. He of Treat Her Right, uh, Renown. And um, he also he and I also wrote another song on the record called Stranded. So yeah, I I really like collaborating, and, and it feels good to, to write with people, especially when it feels like the thing that you're thinking about writing is suited to a particular individual. And you mentioned the album was recorded with Dave Minahan. Yeah, we recorded it at, uh, at Dave's studio, Woolly Mammoth, which is tremendous. Um, same place where Dennis Brennan's last record was recorded. And um, I mean, I can't say enough good things about David Minahan. He's and I'm digging his new project, Peak 15. Oh, uh, yeah. He's got some great stuff coming out with them. Cool, right? With, uh, Gina oh. Phillips and um, Dave Sisyphanic. Is that how you pronounce his name? Oh, I don't know. From The Liars. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. I mean, David Minahan is, you know, he's... He's a legend. Yeah, in, I mean, the uh, hoods. I mean, come on. I mean, there's the neighborhoods. He also <laughs> he has for years been Paul Westerberg's lead guitar player and now in the Reformed Replacements, plays guitar in that band. I mean, which is incredible. And um, he's he's really done everything, I think, that you could think to try to do in rock and roll. And uh, and he's just one of the kindest, most humble you know, people I've ever met in music. Let's continue with some of your music. What are we listening to next? Um... I think I'm going to do uh, a song called What Do I Know? Let's hear it. Kimon Kirk, WATD, the tiny stage is yours. Okay. I used to have it all figured out. I could climb any mountain or crush any lingering doubt If it got in my way, I would just go around But what do I know? What do I know? What do I know? What do I know? Driving down the road at top speed Moving too fast to indulge an extraneous need Something so strong had to be guaranteed What do I know? What do I know? What do I know?
Awesome. Kimon Kirk, WATD, live on the tiny stage tonight. Talk about how you wrote that one. Um, that song was one of those, uh, it was like a kind of really emotionally cathartic thing for me to write, and it just sort of came out. I think I was sort of smack dab in the middle of the Trump administration, and I was feeling really disillusioned by that, and feeling really lost about how, I don't know, the country was feeling and things like that. I was also in the middle of a relationship that I kind of knew was probably going to end. And, you know, it was just like a real honest kind of like, what do I got? I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. As uh, crazy as those four years were, I think they actually inspired some pretty cool music. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, that's probably true, yeah. I want to talk about your producing for a little bit here. You've worked with uh, Dennis Brennan. You mentioned uh, several others. Is there a favorite session that you look back on in your history of producing? Wow. Um, so many, really. I can safely say that I, every, every production, every album that I've ever been a part of has a really special place uh, in, in my memory and, and um, I've I remember them all. Um, Dennis's record stands out in some ways because it was the last Boston area record that I produced. And it was, you know, working with Dennis is something I had wanted to do for a long time. And, um, and that record came about and, and also was made in a way that was very satisfying. And, and it was kind of an emotional record for him, I think I can say. I'm actually about to p- start producing a new record for an artist called Sam Bigelow, who's a piano player and songwriter that I've known since I was 16. We went to high school together, and he lives in Concord, and we're doing it next week here in Jamaica Plain. So I don't have a memory of that yet. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one thing that jumps out right in my mind is is doing overdubs with Terry Adams from NRBQ at a little studio in Brattleboro, Vermont that I don't know exists anymore. Um, Do you ever find yourself being influenced by the people you're producing? I mean, all the time. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, yes, <laughs> unequivocally. <laughs> <laughs> I could elaborate if you wanted. Yeah, go for it if you yes. would, sure. I mean, just as like a, as an artist in general, all of the, so many of the people that I've worked with, uh, especially in Boston or anywhere, like it's, I, I feel lucky to have gotten to work with people whose work I really do admire and that I enjoy listening to. And um, it's, seeing how people work is always influential, I think, on a, on a person. And even seeing even seeing the ways that you feel like you might not want to do something is influential because it's it's like, oh, man, I think I get the idea behind that move, but maybe that's not the way that I would want to do that. And in addition, you know, like if you work with Dennis Brennan, for instance, has been doing his thing for so long and so well that he's like money in the bank, kind of like the, for instance, like the the vocals that Dennis did on that record into this world. I would say that eighty percent of the stuff that you hear was all just like a live straight take, him singing with the band, and like that was that was hugely inspiring to me. Um, and influential, I think, in a production way, because it's made me even more want to try to capture live performance in the studio as much as possible. And that was actually something that I tried very hard to do when making Altitude. I was like, I want to go into the studio with my full band. I don't want to use any click tracks. I don't want to 
piece stuff together. I mean, certainly we can overdub and all that stuff, which we did, but I wanted to play and I wanted to get the best representation of the way my band, you know, and I sounded that, that I could. With Dennis, and I think you're a producer, so I'm sure you, you must have like a selection of songs that you use to test audio equipment. Uh, sometimes, yeah. And for sure. <laughs> when I'm ever te- when I'm testing new speakers here at the radio station, for example, one of the songs that I always try and play is "Fool's Waltz." Oh wow! Off of Into this world. And oh cool! Just because the the way the the acoustic guitar on that track is recorded is just unbelievable. Wow, man! I appreciate that very much. That um, one of the other really special things, since you mentioned that about making that record, is that we had both. Duke Levine and Kevin Barry in the studio at the same time. Yikes. <laughs> and so that meant... Good karma. <laughs> such good karma and such... I mean, everybody in that band executes flawlessly almost all the time. And so what it meant was, especially on songs that had acoustic guitar, which maybe live Dennis would be playing, we kind of let Dennis off the hook and he just got to sing. And oftentimes Kevin Barry would play the acoustic guitar and Duke would play electric we would just cut the whole song live that way. And, and Kevin is an incredible acoustic guitar player, one of the best, I think the, one of the best acoustic guitar players you'll ever hear. And, um, and those guys have all worked together for so long that it was, and his, his tone is spectacular. And so, and all credit to Dave Westner who engineered that record and Paul Coldry for making, I, I agree actually, the, the acoustic guitar on that record is something I'm very, very pleased with. That's awesome. We're chatting with Kimon Kirk tonight on the Tiny Stage. Let's continue with your music. What are we listening to next? You know what? Uh, if it's okay with you, I think I'm going to play the electric guitar. Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Um, while I tune this thing, I think I'm going to play a song uh, from Altitude called Stranded, which actually took many years to write. Uh, my friend David Champagne sent me a bunch of lyrics many years ago that I loved. And... Um, uh, yes, a song called Stranded, and uh, this is how it goes. Let's hear it. Kimon Kirk, WATD, live on the tiny stage. It's all yours. Planes on the runway, frustration gives way to despair. All flights are grounded. All of our big plans are up in the air Pilots all are joking Teenagers are moping Foreigners are smoking outside Bags at the curbside Checked all the way to O'Hare But she don't say, baby Have you got your camera Till half the way there If I left the wrong impression There's something I should mention Cause the air has too much tension up here If I could make my mind up I would sleep instead 
I'm stranded Stranded in my head Just a missed connection Some problem with the engine But the messages I'm sending aren't clear One of these mornings They'll push this thing back from the gate The tarmac rise over the hilltops out of the state. But my suitcase isn't on it. I should have just responded. I only wish I wanted to stay. I could make my mind up I would sleep instead But it's all I can do Just to get out of bed Cause I'm stranded Stranded in my head Kimon Kirk, W-A-T-D, very nice. I think the whistle solo is a lost art in music today. <laughs> it's what happens when you don't have a guitar player with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious to know, how do you differentiate when you're producing for yourself or when you're producing for somebody else? Uh, another really good question. Um, if I'm being honest, before making this record, I kind of was like, I don't want to produce my own record. I would rather have somebody else calling some of those shots. Um, I approached one friend of mine in Los Angeles, a great musician and producer and bass player called Paul Bryan, who has worked with Amy Mann for many years and actually also used to play with Dennis Brennan and those guys back in the 90s a lot. And he and I are friends, and, and we would talk about production and music and stuff and bass playing and everything like that. And I talked to him about it, and he was kind of like, you know, I think you should do it yourself. And, um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I kind of have a pretty good idea of how I want to do this. And having made records with other people a bunch over the last few years, I was like, no, I, and I, I trust my band implicitly. And they're all so fantastic. I can lean on those, those guys when I want to, and when I have to. And, um, I have a, an idea of what I think I want this record to sound like. So I'm just going to start. So we did. Very cool. Yeah. Who are your influences, not only as a performer, but as a producer as well? You know, right off the bat, one, I think one of the ways that I 
without even realizing it got interested in production was because I was a huge Beach Boys fan and, and a Brian Wilson fan in particular. And um, I loved his way of arranging. And then sometime, I think in the late 90s, these records started to come out, which, which had outtakes of, of him producing in the late 60s. And I was amazed at how confident he was as a really young man, you know, like a 22-year-old, commanding, I don't mean commanding in a dictatorial way, but like being in control of a, a group of musicians who were incredibly good, you know, like the Wrecking Crew and, and studio professionals. And I loved how he knew what he wanted and he could hear it in his mind. And I loved his rapport with the musicians like he had a way of being sort of gentle with them and and getting great performances out of them and that was really inspiring to me so so brian wilson is a huge influence as, as a, a production influence you know i've paid a, to a, paid a lot of attention to records that um like joe henry has made over the years partially because i know a lot of musicians and and some of the engineers that he has worked with um and i i like I know he and, and T-Bone Burnett, to me, I think of sometimes in a similar zone because I like that they they go for full performances live. You know, they make different sounding records, both from each other and, and sometimes from some of the records, obviously, that I've been a part of. But I love the idea of someone who has totally open ears and open tastes and is, is ready to work with an artist to make something that reflects the artist um, but also I don't mind the idea of an album kind of sounding like it was made by a particular group of musicians uh, on that day and that had a certain sort of sonic aesthetic in mind before it began incredible I completely agree mm. that is Kimon Kirk joining us tonight on the WATD Tiny Stage we have two more songs left what are we listening to next great question um, I'm gonna do I'm going to do a song, uh, the first song off Altitude called Evergreen, and um, that's going to be on the acoustic guitar at this time, I think. All right. Timon Kirk, WATD. It's all yours. Evergreen, evergreen is the color of the tallest tree. The color of the tallest tree The tallest tree that you can see Through the screen, through the screen Through the pages of a magazine The pages of a magazine You'll see a face that looks like me Patience is a virtue, baby, I can wait Patience is a virtue, baby, I can wait Patience is a virtue, baby, I can wait another minute I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of what you might find out Afraid of what you might find out Find out if we talk about Talk about, talk about, talk about what it might just mean Talk about what it might mean What it just might mean to me 
Patience is a virtue, baby, I can wait. Patience is a virtue, baby, I can wait. Patience is a virtue, baby, I can wait another minute, a second, an hour, and I'm gonna see you tomorrow. But you're pulling us closer to sorrow. When an old man turns a fool, what more can he do? Evergreen, evergreen is the color of the tallest tree. The color of the tallest tree. The tallest tree that you can see. And evergreen, evergreen is the way that you will always be. The way that you will always be. Demon Kirk, W-A-T-D, 95.9. Very nice. Thank you. I was reading on your website that you've been a featured speaker at Berkeley on topics such as songwriting and performance. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Man, that was a great experience. Um, I'm friends with a, a great songwriter who is also the head of the songwriting department at Berkeley, a woman named Bonnie Hayes. And she asked me if I would come to one of their summer sessions a few years ago and sort of be on a panel, I guess, for prospective Berkeley students primarily. And actually I did it with Laurie McKenna. And so the two of us kind of sat up there on stage with an acoustic guitar and, you know, talked about what it's like to have a life in music and write songs and perform and, and fielded questions by mostly the kids in the audience and stuff. It was, it was really cool. Uh, one, a memory that I, I treasure. Let's take a quick break here on Almost Famous. We're on the tiny stage with Kimon Kirk. We have time for one more song. Does that work for you? Absolutely. We'll do that right after this. Cool. 95.9 WATD. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England every Tuesday night. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass, I'm John Shea, and for a few more moments, we're being joined tonight on the Tiny Stage by Kimon Kirk. How's it going in there? Very good. Sounding great tonight. Thank you for making the trip over to Marshfield. Oh man, thank you so much, really. So one final time, give yourself an introduction. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm... um I'm a songwriter uh, originally from Boston who now lives in Los Angeles. I have a new record called Altitude, which came out this spring. And um, I'm also a, I'm a touring bass player and also a record producer. And where is Altitude available? I mean, Altitude is available on all of the digital platforms that I think most people are aware of. Um, if you want to buy it, you can purchase it through Bandcamp, and it's on uh, vinyl and CD, and you can buy digital copies. You can listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever else you listen with. And Which so, one pays you the most money? 
I mean, Bandcamp is the one that pays me the most money. Bandcamp, go to Bandcamp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. And your website, if you would. Yeah, my website is kimonkirk.com. That's K-I-M-O-N-K-I-R-K.com. And before we get into your final song tonight, you've been doing the solo act. You've been a touring musician. You've been a producer. You've given uh, presentations at Berkeley. What advice do you have for a young performer looking to get their feet wet in the music business right now? I think I would say what I think it's the only kind of advice that I know how to give, which is get as good as you can at the thing that you really like to do. And I mean, if, assuming we're talking about music, if you're someone who likes to write songs, write as many songs as you can write and um, work at it all the time. And if you like, you know, playing guitar and singing, practice it a lot. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes people will ask about, like, where should you move or whom should you talk to or what kinds of things should you do in order to, you know, meet other musicians. I think that's a really good thing to do. Networking is the key to everything, I think. I mean, I think the way you live your life can sort of, I don't know, everybody, every personality type has a different way of doing things, you know, but... I never found that it was kind of like it, that it worked for me to kind of like, I don't know, be going and shaking a lot of hands or passing out business cards or anything like that. It was more like find things that you like to do in music. And then my guess is that you will find like-minded people doing those things. And so, you know, write songs with other people. If you like to write songs, write songs by yourself, but, but, but mean it, you know, commit. I think that's, that's what I would say. Very nice. That's Kimon Kirk. Joining us tonight on WATD, we have time for one more song. What are we going up to the top of the hour with? I think I'm going to do this song uh, that Lori McKenna and I wrote. It's called Cheap Therapy, and we wrote it in her house. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, she had a list of titles, and that was one of them, Cheap Therapy. I didn't know where it was going to go, but it ended up Good album title, too. Like, yeah, it is a good album title. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. Get home safely. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, let's hear the song. Thanks so much, John. All right. to the city in a pack of cigarettes there's a band playing downtown we ain't seen live yet i ain't working in the morning or saving any lives there are problems we ain't gonna solve tonight it feels so good just to blow off some steam a dance floor and a drink is all we need and cheap therapy you can spend a lot of money slipping on somebody's couch Tracing all the lines back to straighten them out We're all a little crazy, hell-bent I know But we didn't come out to go home alone It feels so good Just to blow off some steam Dance floor and a drink is all we need Fifth to me like cheap therapy Small town schemes We're confessing in the front seat Sharing all of our parking lot dreams Feels to me like cheap therapy Do you want to get high? Do you need to get numb? Do you want to fall in love tonight Just to forget someone?
the city in a pack of cigarettes There's a band playing downtown We ain't seen live yet I ain't working in the morning Or saving any lives It feels so good Just to blow off some steam A dance floor and a drink is all we need And cheap therapy We're confessing in the front seat Sharing all of our parking lot dreams Feels to me like cheap therapy Cheap therapy Cheap therapy Cheap therapy therapy.